Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Goal Line Podcast. Today's guest is Cam Soro, who is the assistant coach at Florida International University on the men's soccer side, and we are very grateful to have Cam on today to share his experiences and how he got to where he is today. So, Cam, thanks, man. Happy to be here, Jesse. You know, like like I told you, I've been listening to the the podcast and going back and, you know, catching up on all the episodes. So I'm definitely excited to be a part of it. For sure. For sure. So, um, you know, Cam, first question I like to start us off with is just, you know, talk to us about how you started your your coaching career. I mean, you had a you had a great career playing at King's University in, in Canada. And so, you know, when did you realize that coaching was going to be at the career, career path for you? Yeah. So, you know, my, my, my time at King, um, was kind of, uh, an up and down one. Cause you know, I'd been a, a, a solid, you know, division two program. Uh, but there was definitely ups and downs. We went through three, three coaches during my time. Um, so when I finished my time there, um, you know, I was kind of, you know, not really planning to step into the coaching game. Uh, you know, I, I think there's lots of people and even some that you've had on that are, are one way and another way. But um, I was not one of those people who are kind of like, you know, I know that I'm going to be in coaching for the rest of my life. That that wasn't right. where I was at. Um, and I think it was, you know, I, I, and I'll say this and it, it was obviously now to, to a fault. But at that time, I kind of, you know, I only saw coaching, you know, really black and white. It was just, a, you know, the guy who comes out, lays out the, the cones. Uh, and then yells at us. And, and obviously, we all know that that's not really what coaching is. And, right. and even to that aspect, there's a lot more that goes into it. So after, after I finished, and you know, I, I just was, I was a bit, I'm really, I love traveling. So um, I actually took a took a year off uh, and taught English in Shanghai. So I, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, no. And I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was an awesome experience. I wouldn't change it for the world. And it was also, you know, a big part of what drew me back to the game because, you know, over there, obviously, you, you know, you're, you're 12 hours ahead. If you want to watch a soccer game, you've got to be up at two in the morning, three in the morning. So like when, when I first started, I was like, you know, it was, I almost like completely dropped the game, right. For two months or three months. And then I, right. I started realizing how much I missed it and how much I, I'd really, you know, how much it really meant to me and just, you know, whether it's going to watch a game or play or whatever it might be. So, um, and I'd always had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to go back and, and do my masters and, and keep coaching. So, um, I ended up leaving, leaving Shanghai after 10 months to come back. And, um, at that time, I really wanted to focus on, um, you know, a trying to get a, a graduate assistantship, but for for me, I didn't have that much experience besides helping out at um, clinics and camps and stuff like that. So I, I also wanted to get just a, a club coaching position to really dip my dip my feet into it. Um, so I I started with that. I, I got on back in Canada with a, a local club, and you know, a few months after, I was I was lucky enough to be interviewed for. Um, the position at Southwest Minnesota State University, um, you know, obviously not a school that I knew a ton about, but I knew a lot about the level, having having played there and having been a part of it, and you mm-hmm. know, no, just the the little things that you kind of pick up. So I was lucky enough to to have that interview and, and get accepted for that job. So um, you know, took off for that, and again, at, at the time, I still, you know, 
in Canada, it's a lot different where a lot of coaches are, are volunteer and there's a lot less coaches who are able to do it full time. So I, at the time I, I hadn't even, you know, envisioned really being able to coach full time. I just went into my graduate assistantship saying, I'm going to give this everything I have. And, you know, at the end of the day, if I, if I don't like coaching uh, or it's not for me or I can't get a full-time job, at least I've got my master's. Right. So that was, that was kind of the start. And obviously, you know, uh, as we all do uh, about a month in, I was absolutely hooked to coaching. You know, it was, it was a a whirlwind of a, of a few, of a few months. Cause I, I think, you know, this is another story in itself, but, when I when I arrived at, at SMSU and you know having been through the um, interview process, it was all over FaceTime or phone call, and I didn't realize that the the head coach was actually pregnant at the time. So <laughs> uh, I, I kind of stepped in and uh, was basically the the full time coach for for that spring for probably about three months. And again, wow. you know, I think that that's a that's a big credit to just my love for for coaching because I got to do a lot, right? I wasn't I wasn't right. sitting on the the sidelines or just taking notes. It was like I I was sink or swim right from the beginning pretty much. So that was that was my start and I I I wouldn't change it for the world, man. I, I had a great time. So Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now that's an interesting way to to start your career too, but you know, even before that when you were playing, you know, you mentioned playing for three different coaches in 4 years. So how did those experience kind of you know, what, I guess, what were some of the things that you learned most just from each coach? And, you know, looking back on it, can you view it as kind of a blessing? Because now you have three different views of coaching in such a short period of time. Or, you know, was it more something that you were just pissed off being that, you know, you, you couldn't, you guys just couldn't <laughs> keep a head coach? Yeah, no, honestly, man, it, it was 100% a blessing. You know, I think, um, obviously, again, being a goalkeeper. So uh, one of the reasons that I went to King was, uh, the goalkeeper coach was obviously the guy who recruited me. He took an interest in me. And I remember when I went on my visit, he sat me down and was like, here's all the goals we conceded last year. Here's, you know, the drills that I run. And there's thousands of pages, right? So I was like, yeah, this is, this is for me. And then, um, when I got there, um, a month in the preseason, he left. And then at the end of that season, <laughs> that coach left. Um, and it was, it, it was, it was awesome for me, not only because obviously experiencing different coaches, but like I had to mature really quickly, right? Because we were without a coach for, you know, a month and a half at least. Um, and then when when our next coach came in, John, um, who's who's actually the, the head coach at, at South Georgia Tormenta now, um, and he was there for the majority of my time, you know, he was like for us, it, it was so refreshing because um, our, our previous coach Louie was fantastic and he was, you know, great with relationships, but we struggled that first season, a, a part of why he left. And then John came in and he was like, I'm a hundred percent honest with you guys. If, you know, if you're not going to start, if this is going to happen, whatever. And, you know, after being there and, and coming back off an injury at the time, he was like, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going to keep you, but just so you know, you know, you're going to have competition. We're going to bring in another goalkeeper. Um, so, you know, if you don't like that by all means, but we, we just want you to know that you better, you know, next preseason show up and be ready to compete for that starting spot, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was just the little, the little kind of differences and being able to have to take a good hard look at me because when I was recruited, it was like, okay, yeah, you know, 
you're going to have to compete, but we really see you as the number one. And he was, right. you know, he was, there's no promises, right? So you've got to, you take a look at yourself and realize, okay, what do I, what do I have to sacrifice um, to get to where I want or to be ready to, to get to where I want on day one? Um, and then, you know, that following season, I, I didn't win the, the starting spot. So at that point it was, you know, what do I have to sacrifice for this team to get where I want? Right. So I, at that point it was like, you know, I, I kind of made the choice because obviously when you, when you go through a coaching change, there's always, you know, members of the squad who are unhappy or, you know, feel like, oh, you know, the last coach liked me, this guy didn't like me. So there's always that kind of little bit of, um, you know, whether it's comments or, you know, little discussions being had off to the side. And that was kind of where I made my decision was like, okay, you know, I, I'm not the starting goalkeeper right now, but. I can either complain or I can do everything I can to help the team and, right. you know, take those guys who are struggling like me and be hopefully like, you know, a leader to them, right. To say, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, this is where we're at. It's unfortunate, but how do we get out of where we're at and how do we make the team better in the position where we're at? Right. So that was, that was a, like, I mean, again, coach, coach McLaurice was there for, for three of my years and, you know, he was, it was definitely incredibly demanding, but he had a, a great vision for the program and it was always, you always knew what to expect. Um, and then our, our, our final coach Talon for, for our last year was a much younger coach. Um, so he was, it was very player driven. He understood us, obviously, you know, being, uh, he was quite young at the time. So he wasn't that far in age difference from some of our, our international guys. So it was just being exposed to the different styles of leadership. And finding out what works, what doesn't work, you know, what you might like one day, but then, you know, when, when stuff goes down the road, what type of leadership works for you or for other players in the team was, I, I like you said, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I, uh, right. obviously it was, it was stressful going through coaching changes, but at the end of the day, I, I look back at my time and I, I loved every second of it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, at least you had, you know, uh, an abundance of coaches. When I played, I, I had one one goalkeeper coach for about two months <laughs> of my freshman year, and then didn't really get one after that. So, so you know, I guess uh, everyone has a different perspective. But, but yeah, man. So that's awesome. So when you go into uh, SMSU uh -huh. your first year, and you know, you know, when you're coaching your first year, you're coaching the goalkeepers. What were some of the things that you were focused on in the beginning uh, as you're in your first year? And then looking back on it, what were some mistakes that you made early on in your career that now you realize, you know, why did I do that? And, and how are you going to fix it? Yeah, yeah, no, lots of mistakes, uh, for <laughs> sure. Um, and again, I think I was very lucky at that period of time in my coaching career that I did, you know, that, that Coach Kaz gave me a lot of, of leeway up there and trusted me a lot. Um, but I think like a lot of people, I really took a lot of the sessions that I'd used as a player um, and used them on the goalkeepers at the time without fully understanding uh, the context behind them, right? Mm -hmm. um, so right. you're like, oh, yeah, I, I did this, I did this, I loved it, you know, let's do this with our goalkeepers, blah, blah, blah. And I think, you know, looking back at it, if I were to, to videotape those sessions like I do now, I'd be like, wow, what, what, what was I doing? What was I thinking? You know, cause it, I think a lot of my sessions were, um, very, you know, functional based and didn't look enough like, um, or didn't finish looking enough like the game, if that makes right. sense. So, yeah, no, no, um, for sure. There's always like, you know, 
they're good sessions, right? But it's just you're you're not really asking yourself why you're doing it. I would assume, and, and you know that was that was something that I did in my first couple of years too. You know, great sessions, but it was like there's no theme to it. You know, we you know we'd go through some footwork, <laughs> we do some great drills, but it'd be like I look back and be like, all right, well, why like why did I actually do that? And and I just don't have an answer other than you know I thought it was good, like the goalkeeper was getting some solid reps in, but right there was no there was no context, there was no why behind it. A hundred percent. No, that's that's exactly it. Right is is there is definitely a, a lack of kind of why in those sessions. And it was partially, you know, me being lucky to, I've been like, when I think back about my time, there's, I think back about, okay, where I spent it. But every time I think about it, it what pops up in my head is, is the people, right? The people that have been able to, for one reason or another, have just taken me under their wing and mentored me and, and helped me along that way. So like that I was lucky that there I was able to to meet um Andy Andy Jansen or Jansen. I I can never get his last name right at South Dakota State. And right. you know, it it was just so foreign to me because at the beginning of my coaching career, he just you know, I, I worked their camp and he just took me aside. He was like, Man, you're good. Like, you know, this is you're you're a good coach. I, I like what you do. And I was it was just so strange to me why you know what I mean? Why he donated right, sure. his time to me to help me. And I was like, this guy's fantastic. So that was, that was one of the cool things where I look back at those sessions and then I see the people that have been able to kind of like help me grow along the way. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So now, now that you finished up your time at um, SMSU, you head over to division one, East Tennessee state. And was that, you know, what, what was that first experience like getting into Division One coaching? You know, was it a little bit of a culture shock to you or did you kind of just flow right into it? And, and you know, you took what you learned from SMSU and, and started working with the keepers and said, OK, let's, you know, let's get after it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think um, it was a big culture shock to me in the fact that like um, so at, at SMSU, I, again, like I, everyone kind of prides themselves on their ability to grind. And so I, I would get in and you know, being a GA, I would have classes from 6 to 9 p.m., but I would get into the office at, at 6.30 just because I, I like to wake up early. I'm weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would go. Yeah, I would go all day, right? Um, and I would be doing everything from session planning to recruiting to the ops um, to working with admissions. So I, I really had, like, a lot of different areas that I worked in. Um, and I was especially, like, one of the things that I saw because – we necessarily had, we, we basically had no budget for recruiting at SMSU is that I, I took a lot, on a lot of that responsibility because I just, I, A, I, you know, I, I wanted to make the program better. And even though I knew it was going to be a two year stint, um, that I wanted to, to leave an impact, right? And how do you do that mm-hmm. is, is hopefully you, you bring in better players and, you know, you do that. So I had all these areas that I worked in. And then when I got to division one, um, when you have bigger staffs, when you have more resources, you know, I, I kind of realized that it's less about being, you know, a jack of all trades and more about being, you know, the best you can at what your specialized coaching position might be. Right. So mm-hmm. at, at ETSU, I was lucky because, you know, I, I had D- Dave's the head coach, um, you know, been at Kentucky for, for seven years prior to ETSU. Um, Josh is like a, a 12 year veteran of the, the college game working in Tuscaloosa. He's worked across all levels. He started at division three to division two to division one. Um, and then he, he's had a couple schools there. So 
I was lucky that, you know, he knew, but well, everyone on the staff had already knew their place. And I was kind of the guy that was finding it out. Right. So Josh was like, you know, my, my baby, what I'm in charge of is, is I do on field coaching. I do recruiting, I do camps and I do compliance stuff. And, and this is, these are my lanes. You know, Dave does budget. Dave does, um, you know, he's the culture coach and then he does, uh, on field coaching. And my, my lanes were, you know, a lot of the ops, um, in terms of that stuff, you know, a bit of gear and then, uh, recruit it or sorry, analysis and then goalkeepers, right? Goalkeepers mm-hmm. were a big one. So it was, it, it gave me that, um, it was definitely a bit of a culture shock, but it also gave me the kind of platform that it was like, I didn't have to worry about planning a goalkeeper session and then, you know, worrying about what I was going to be doing with the players right after that. It was, you know, Cam, you've got 40 minutes today. We're going to be doing, you know, small sided stuff when the keepers come over. So, okay, they're going to be doing a lot of, it's going to be a lot of breakaway 1v1 situations. How do I peel that back? And then that's what we're going to work on. That's my starting point and go from there. So Love it that. was like, yeah, it was, it was a big, like kind of culture shock because I was like, you know, you, you get into a place and you're like, yeah, I'm ready to do this, 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 and this. And then they're like, well, these are your areas. Just, you know, right, those. Right. and then we, you know, if you really want more responsibility, we can talk about it, you know, whenever else. Right. So it was, it was definitely a lot different and, and something to get used to for sure in that aspect. Right. So, yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And so you were at ETSU for how long? Sorry. Um, I was there for probably about 10 months. Um, okay. Before the, yeah, before I, yeah. I took the position here. Yeah. So what, what, what was the decision in wanting to shift gears and head over to FIU? Yeah. Um, uh, it was so my my fiance was um, kind of she's uh, she's in her doctorate right now at Nova. Um, wow. So it was I, I was coming down to the area no matter what, um, because I had been lucky enough that she had followed me up to Minnesota. She'd followed me to, to Tennessee. Right. Um, so, you know, now, it, it was now it's her. Now it's your turn to follow her. <laughs> yeah, 100 <laughs> um, percent. And because because, you know, I, I was big. I, I love the game, but I want to make sure I'm doing right by, by my fiance. And obviously, sure. you know, part of that is her having her career. So it was kind of a, a stressful time. I'm going to be honest, because I, mm-hmm. I didn't have, um, you know, the, the 10 years of experience. And I knew that, you know, there was only four or five schools in this area that I could, you know, be a part of. And, and right. then from that, it's like how many schools are looking. Right. So, but it, it all goes back to there is, you know, I was lucky to be around good people and, and good people was Josh. Um, when he knew Kyle got the job at FIU, you know, Josh put in a, a glowing recommendation that I'm lucky right. that if I can, you know, if I can live up to his recommendation, I've done very, very well. So I, I'm lucky that I've got <laughs> a guy like that in my corner who believes in me that much that, you know, this was able to, to work out for me, for Haley. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't anything to do with, you know, I was unhappy at ETSU or whatever, you know, it was more so this was happening. And then right. I, I, you know, I, I'm lucky enough that I ended up at a program where I, I think FIU is, is one of the few mid-major schools that has a really, really good shot to, to win a national tournament due to, you know, a variety uh, of different factors, yeah. but obviously, you know, being, being in Miami has a, has a certain draw, right? There, you're obviously able For to sure. attract a lot of players who, you know, if, if location's a big deal, I, I think we've got a fantastic location, right? 
Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe not right now, given given the time. Yeah, Miami yes, is yeah, great, yeah. but but. but once this, once everything settles down, then yes, I think Miami is a is a great location and a great great selling point for you guys. But, <laughs> Agreed, one hundred percent. Yeah. So as as a new coaching staff for a you know a very strong program, what are some of the things that you guys are trying to implement, especially right now? You know, given the time, given that we don't the, with the uncertainty uncertainty of the season. You know, what are some things that you guys are trying to do with your current team just to make sure that they're buying into your staff and what you guys plan to do. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, obviously, especially at the beginning, so, I mean, a little bit of, of, of background. So Kyle got about 10 sessions in with the guys before gotcha. everything was canceled, uh, and Danny, uh, our top assistant, was there for maybe about four sessions. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of the stuff that we've been doing, you know, since then has been completely player-driven, right? So these these guys, and, you know, I'm lucky – unlucky to to have been through it and to have been in those shoes with coaching changes is, you know, it's stressful, right? Not knowing what the next staff will want from you, whether they'll like you, whether a lot of it, you know, there's a lot of thoughts going along in your head. So you're like, okay, well, I got to put myself on the transfer portal. I've got to do this to, to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm covered just in case the new staff comes in and doesn't like me. Right. So uh, we're we're lucky that you know I've been in that situation and and to be a part of it and Kyle and Danny are both guys that are you know they want to be based and rooted in their relationships with their players and then everything else that they do it stems from that right but you have to have that that good relationship and that you know psychological safety within the group that like obviously listen guys we're a new staff you know, we know this is uncomfortable. You don't know us. We don't know you. We're going to spend time getting to know you. Um, and we're going to be honest with you. But at the same time, we know that, you know, this is a scary time for you guys, right? It's not like, it's not just that we're expecting you guys to be robots and, you know, you put a new leader in front of them and they say, yep, we'll do this. We'll do that, whatever, you know, they're, they're human beings, right? So it's, um, a lot of what we did was, was getting to know our players was, you know, letting them know that we're not coming in to overhaul everything. Right. We weren't, we weren't taking over um, like my, my time at SMSU, obviously when I got there, you know, the program was, was one in 16 and and lucky enough, you know, last year they, they finished up with 11 wins. So that was kind of a, a much more of an overhaul process. Whereas we're taking over a team last year that, you know, was probably one of the last, you know, last teams on the outside for the national Mm -hmm. tournament, you know, um, they had something like a, a 12 game unbeaten streak at the beginning of the year. So wow. we're not here to, to change everything, right? We're here to, you know, definitely tweak some things and, and help, you know, hopefully, you know, can we find ways to, to make them better and continue to, to make them better and, you know, slowly implement our style. But I don't think our staff isn't looking to come in and say, you did this last year, throw that all out the window. We're going to do that. Um, because, right. you know, again, those players were brought in to, to play a specific way because of their, you know, characteristics, because of their attitude. So if we come in and throw that out the door, um, you know, there's going to be a, it's going to take a long time to reestablish that and change them and help mold them. Whereas we can just say, this is, this is what worked for you guys. Here's where you guys struggled. And this is where we kind of want to help you fix things and, you know, hopefully take you guys to another level. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely do. But, um, you know, so now that you're in your third, you're at your third school, you've 
mm-hmm. had the pleasure to work with, you know, three great coaches so far. What are some of the things and similarities that you're seeing between all three that you really admire? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I really admire, and, and I think Kyle does a fantastic job of it, uh, and so and so did Dave, and, and so did Kaz, is, you know, obviously, again, like I said at the beginning, I, I had my – at um, SMSU, I, I had my hands in a lot of things, and I was trying to do everything, and I think it's, you know – making the um the knowing the difference between being busy and being productive right so i think absolutely you know there's certain certain things that kyle will call me and be like hey listen i trust you you do this i don't want to see it do it if there's any any major issues call me but um you know obviously as you know being being a head coach there you have to make those decisions to be able to you know a, a it's it starts with hopefully trusting your staff and i'm, I'm hoping that you know, Kai, our current staff and the previous staffs I, I've been on, trust me, but, um, you know, it, it starts with A, trusting your staff and then knowing that, you know, okay, our overall goal is to do this. How do I, you know, obviously uh, give things away to make sure that I can stay focused on getting us towards that goal? Because uh, like, as you know, and I, I can't even experience the, you know, thousands of emails division one head coaches get right. a day. But you've got, you've really got to make sure that you're being smart with your time. Otherwise you can get dragged down and spend, you know, 24 hours a day on, on menial tasks, right? Stuff that, that isn't really helping your team progress to, to win, you know, a conference championship and a national tournament or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. No, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, and I, I mean, I say that as, as, as one of the big things. And I think, again, like I said, it's, it starts with that trust, but it's also, you know, they're coaches that aren't there to, to control, right. To, to say, Oh yes, this has to be this, this, and this, you know, they, they love the position of being a head coach because they, they almost give their power away, right. Right. They empower others around them to be able to, to do that. And, you know, hopefully obviously, you know, experience different things and grow so that at some point when, when me or when Danny are ready to become a head coach, if that's, if that's the, the route that we want to take. I mean, for myself, I'm not right now. I, I, I love goalkeeping too much to, to want right, to go and be a right. head coach. And, um, but you know, hopefully, you know, empowering us to help us have those experiences. So, you know, stepping into a head coaching job, isn't like us being thrown off the deep end. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I love, I love that too. And the, the more I'm around and the more I talk to coaches, I, I've kind of noticed that too, where, you know, head coaches almost, are more like managers and, you know, the, they, mm-hmm. if, if they hire, you know, cause they're in charge of their staff. So if they're hiring the right people, you know, they trust them to do what they, what needs to get done essentially. And, you know, they come in and make the, the really, you know, tweak the things and the tactical stuff to how they want it. But, you know, it's from what I've realized and what I'm starting to notice that the head coaches, you know, if they're going to build a, a staff that they trust so they can do, so the staff can do what everything they want to do without, you know, while they can go handle the bigger picture stuff. So. And, uh, that's awesome. That that's the environment that you're in. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's also, I mean, obviously, um, hopefully, you know, it's you know, you want to keep your assistants stimulated as well, because you know, why do you why do you bring in fantastic people and then you know, if it's an on field coach, you know, bring in a fantastic on field coach and then you you do all the on field coaching, right? So right. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think that was a that was a I, I think I read that in. Uh, Alex Ferguson had that kind of when he was still coaching in Scotland, like his assistants had to sit him down and be like, 
why did you bring me here? You're, right. you're doing everything on the field and this is my specialty too. Like, you know, and so I think you can really, you can really tell, right. The, the, the coaches that are, are stimulated and happy with their experience, with the tasks that they're able to do. And it's, you know, they've got good, good coaches above them who are able to kind of empower them um, and, you know, give away some of their power to help, you know, lift them up as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. All right, Cam, last question of the day. It's the typical, the, the last question of the podcast. And that is, as you move from school to school, you know, place to place, what type of legacy do you want to leave? And, you know, what do you want all these kids and these young adults that you coach to have said about you as a person, as a coach? Yeah. Um, you know, I hope that, you know, nine, 10, 15 years down the road, um, that my players can think back and say, you know, he had a positive influence on, on my life. Right. Cause I, I, as coaches, I don't, I don't think we're here to change these guys completely. Right. But I want to be, you know, help them grow and hopefully, you know, help prepare them for grad school, for a professional career or to go straight into the workforce and then, you know, become fathers, right. Become mm -hmm. good fathers and take care of their family. So hopefully, you know, that's a question that hopefully we can answer 15 years down the road right. and the guys can say, you know, Hey, you know, he really helped me understand and learn this. Um, not because he was, you know, soft on me because he was demanding, but hopefully he was, you know, empathetic at the same time. And he understood what we were going through. Right. For sure. For sure. I love that. I love that. Well, that's awesome. Pam, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you so much. And best of luck, hopefully in the fall for you guys, but if not, you know, best of luck this year and, and we'll be in touch. Yeah. Yeah, of course. No, happy, happy to chat whenever, but uh, I really appreciate it, Jesse. And I, I love the podcast, man. So I'm just, I'm lucky to be, to be a part of it. So thank you so much. Ah, uh, you're the man. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Ah, uh, you're the man. Thank you.